We are back and so glad you're with us for episode two of the Marriage Conversation. In this episode, we will talk about the keys to unlocking a greater marriage. For some, that's greater communication, maybe it's greater quality time, or even greater intimacy. So, we get into all of that and even more on this episode of Awaken to Grace. Well, I'm so glad you're joining us on this next episode of these marriage resources uh, by Awaken to Grace. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to unlock greater potential in your marriage. You know, when you think about locks, the more valuable something is, the more sophisticated the lock. You have Yale locks. Those are just your basic locks that would go on a barn or a shed. You have combination locks. Those are a bit more complicated. But then you have electronic locks. And for the most sophisticated, you have biometric locks. Well, the point is, whatever is of greater value, the more sophisticated the lock. You wouldn't take something that is of great value and simply put a Yale lock that anyone could smash with a hammer. No, the more valuable something is, the harder the lock. Well, what our goal is for this episode is to give you some keys to unlocking greater potential in your marriage. So maybe you're someone that you've been married for decades. Well, we congratulate you on that. And I hope that your marriage is continuing to get better and better with each passing year. Perhaps you're someone that you're in mid-stride and your kids are getting ready to graduate or they're off into college or whatever the case where you're looking toward the next phase of your marriage. Perhaps you're young and your kids are just now uh, beginning school or they're very young in age. Perhaps you're newlywed and you don't even have children yet. Perhaps you are divorced and you're getting ready to get remarried or you've suffered the loss or death of a spouse and you're about to get remarried. Whatever your situation is, whatever the case is, what our goal is today is to give you some keys that will unlock greater growth, greater potential in your marriage. Because I assure you this, God's vision for your marriage, God's heart for your marriage, the goals that God has for your marriage is far greater and far bigger than our own. So let's try to tap into what God sees, what God wants, what God's vision is for us. And biblically, we're going to hand you some keys that will unlock the most valuable parts of your marriage. So for you guys who are listening, um, maybe you've been married for a little while and you've noticed that your family is constantly under attack or that your marriage constantly has strife or or there's a just a there's just a part of your life when it comes to your marriage that always isn't quite right and what we want to talk about is satan hates marriage because god designed it pastor chad would you elaborate on that for us uh, on why satan wants to destroy what god has designed yeah i think satan hates marriage because it mirrors god there is a unity within the Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is a unity that is in the Trinity, that is in heaven, 
only place in the universe that that kind of unity is found. And God shares that kind of unity only one place on earth, and that's in marriage. That's an amazing thought. The same type of unity that is in a marriage is supposed to reflect, it's supposed to mirror the kind of God-glorifying unity that's, that exists between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that is the sole reason why Satan hates marriage. And you may, you know, you may be thinking to yourself, well, what have I ever done to Satan? Why does he hate me? Why does he hate my marriage? It's because you reflect the glory of God. It's like a terrorist who hates you as an American. What have you ever done personally to a terrorist? It doesn't matter. Why does a terrorist hate you? Because he hates your way of life, because he hates your way of thinking, because he hates who you are as an American. That's the way Satan hates believers. Whether you've ever done anything personally to Satan or not is not the point. The point is he hates your way of life. He hates the way you think. He hates the God that you represent. And for that reason, because our marriage mirrors God, because the same unity that's found in the Trinity in heaven is the same unity found on the earth between a man and a woman in covenant marriage, he hates it and he attacks it. So we've already talked about the different types of keys and why there's there's keys to unlocking your marriage. So let's get into one of these keys. I want to read this scripture out of Genesis 2. This is uh, chapter 2, verse 24, and it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And what uh, that's called, which is, this is the first time I had ever heard it, was at the marriage conference. It's called leaving and cleaving. Can you explain that to us, Chad? Yeah, this is an incredible biblical principle that unfortunately many marriages suffer because they are not walking by this principle. It's called leaving and cleaving. Well, what does it mean to leave? I think this is the best illustration of leaving. It doesn't mean that you isolate yourself from extended family or from parents, but this is what it means. It means that when Christ is the center of your marriage, okay, we talked about that in episode one, when Christ is the center and your spouse is the center, it means that Christ and your spouse is the focus and everything else is peripheral. So that means that your mother, <laughs> dang your, mama's boy, <laughs> your father, your other extended family, your best friends, and your other acquaintances, your church family, all of these certain people have influence in our life, right? They all have a voice in our life. But here's the thing. All of these other influences are to be on the peripheral. What is to be center is our spouse and Christ. That's to be the focus. That's what I believe it means to leave and to cleave. It also means, and this is hard for many people to see, and it's hard to accept for, for many families, it means your children, it means your grandchildren are peripheral. They're not focused. Now, see, this is part of the brochure of the world that, that we're talking about in the first episode. If you believe that your children come before your spouse, you're out of alignment. 
You're getting off of the design. You're off of the blueprints. Your children do not come above your spouse. Your spouse comes ahead of your children. And for many families, especially mamas, this is so hard for them to understand. It's so hard for them to accept. But listen, my friends, the Bible does not say you leave and cleave to your children. It says you leave and cleave to your spouse. In other words, your spouse is the focus. Everyone else, children, grandchildren, parents, best friends, church family, everyone else is peripheral. It doesn't mean you've isolated yourself, but what it does mean is that you hold your marriage in such high regard. You hold your spouse and the opinions of your spouse and the preferences of your spouse and the feelings of your spouse. You hold that in such high regard that everyone else's opinions, everyone else's preferences, everyone else's feelings, that's in the peripheral. And that is really hard. That's easier said than it is done. Is that right or wrong? Oh gosh! And that and it's you really get into murky water when uh, you and your you and your spouse are fussy and mm. you need somebody to vent to. And oh yeah, me and my mom have an extremely close relationship, and uh, it's it would be so easy for me to call my mom and vent to her about our issues, and I have to really put up a guard and because I don't want her opinions to seep into our marriage, and I don't want her opinions to distort her view of Chad either. So we really have to be careful on um, who we're truly leaving and what that, what that means. And um, you gotta, you got to put some guards up when, it, when you're leaving those people. Yeah. I love the word that she used there is guarding. Um, there, you know, there's a series that Andy Stanley did on guardrails, which I, re- I highly recommend, especially if you're going through marital issues, um, grabbing that book, watching those videos. Those are great. But guarding your marriage is so important, and we're guarding it from outside influence right. because the only influence that should be coming into our marriage, especially newlyweds or especially if you're, you're having serious problems, is the Word of God. Nothing else matters. So we want to guard from outside influence. It's not Christ's influence. And then we want to simplify and I think that's what this does is is what Sadie said. It'd be so easy for her to call, you know, her mom and, and vent. But let's simplify that. Let's just go to your spouse. Let's have good communication and work those things out together rather than having all these influences and all these other people dictating um, the success or failure of your marriage. You, with the Word of God, you dictate the success or the failure of your marriage. And not just that. You find godly influences that will pour into your marriage. Marriage counseling, I mean... Chad uses the example of going to um, taking your car to get tuned up. Take your marriage to get tuned up with a godly marriage counselor. There's nothing in the world wrong with that because you all, we all have issues and we're all sinful people that come with baggage. And so there's nothing wrong with going to, to find some other godly advice. Yeah. the, The example I always love to use. If you wait until your engine begins knocking and starts rattling and making noises before you change your oil, well, you got a whole other set of problems. Uh, you have to do you know, what's called preventative maintenance. And that's why you have your oil changed 
before you ever have a problem, right? And that's where a lot of marriages are. They wait until the engine's knocking. They wait until the timing belt's having issue. You know, you, you just, you have, you have a whole new set of problems the longer that you wait. You're better off to go and talk with a pastor, talk with uh, someone who's very godly, talk with someone who's, uh, who's walked this path before you, and get some preventative maintenance. And somebody that doesn't choose your side. <laughs> yes. Again, Absolutely. again, guard, be careful. Who is your focus? And if you're someone, if you have a very opinionated parent or you have very opinionated friends, well, again, I'm not saying isolate yourself, but I am saying really guard uh, whose voice are you listening to the most, your spouse or others, and uh, and that's like I said, it's easy, it's easier to say than to do. But uh, your marriage is going to be richer the more that you get this principle uh, lined out in your in your life. Put your spouse as your focus. Keep children, grandchildren, parents, church family, best friends. Keep all that in the peripheral, and keep Christ and your spouse the focus. So we've got this this principle of leaving. So, Chad, talk to us about the principle of cleaving. Well, cleaving is a wonderful biblical word. I think the ESV right there uses the word hold fast, which is good too. The Greek, or I'm sorry, the Hebrew meaning in the Old Testament here is glued. <laughs> it literally means to be glued together. What an incredible thought. You know, picture taking two sheets of paper and gluing them together and then try to separate them. That's why Jesus said in the Gospels, what God has joined together, let no man tear apart. You can't take two sheets of paper that are glued together, and you can't separate them without destroying it, without causing severe damage. And so what this means is, as you put everyone in peripheral and your spouse in Christ is the focus, what happens is there's a cleaving that takes place. There's a gluing. There's a bonding that happens, and and I'll say this for mine and Sadie's marriage, the longer that we are married, I feel a stronger bond. I feel a stronger uh, emotional bond, spiritual bond. I feel relationally, our, our bonding is stronger. Why? Because it is a godly, it is a supernatural glue that God bonds us together. And the, the preventative measures that we take to get there is, I think, the Lord honors that. I mean, you talk about putting your spouse above everything else. We have four kids. Uh, we have a church. It is easy for us to, to get distracted and put um, our needs on the back burner, but we make it a point. If we have to give up something else throughout the week, we will date each other. That's right. We it will... We will go on a date, we will hold hands, we will kiss, and, and we will make us a priority. And it does not happen by accident. It has to be intentional. It has got to be carved out. Uh, John, you get babysitters, you get backup babysitters, <laughs> you get a backup for the backup. You move mountains to make it happen. John Maxwell helped me with this probably more than anyone who's influenced my life. And he said when he sets down with his calendar, and I love this, when he sets down with his calendar, his wife and his family, his children, are number one on the calendar. He builds his calendar 
around his wife and children. And I think uh, that's great advice for every single one of us, especially the more busy that you get in life. You, you have to constantly tell yourself, you know, let, let's say it this way, and we'll say this probably several times throughout this series of podcasts. Most marriages are growing apart. God wants our marriages to grow together. And the only way you do that is to nurture it, to give attention to it, and to be very intentional with how you build your life around your marriage. Don't let your marriage be built around other things. Yeah. And I want to encourage you guys too, because here's what that principle does for us, that principle of cleaving. The intentionality that you have to grow that bond, the stronger that bond grows, the bigger storms that your marriage is going to weather. Because that that bond that you're creating with the Lord and with each other, it's it's going to help you weather those things as 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 hard times come, as financial struggles come, as catastrophe comes. That bond is what's going to keep you guys on the same page, going the same direction, still growing together, still leading your family together, and it's going to be so important down the road. You may you may have an easy what would be considered an easy marriage right now. Maybe you haven't faced big things. Maybe you're brand new in your marriage. Let's work on that bond now because what comes later, because life happens, right? What comes later is that bond is going to dictate how your marriage uh, handles that storm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it's amazing what, uh, you know, you talk about storms and it just, it just brought this to my mind. I was listening to a pastor the other day and he gave the greatest example of storms. I had never heard anything like this. He said, don't fear the storms of life. Storms come, storms are just a natural part of nature and it's a natural part of life and married life. And he said, don't fear storms. He said, here's what you have to watch. He gave an example and said that his house had some loose shingles on it. Well, one night he was in bed and the worst storm hit his house and it tore a section of his roof off. Now, here's what he said that I thought was so insightful. He said, the problem was not the storm. The storm revealed the true problem, Mm. the loose shingles. And he said, so it is in our life. We let things go. We don't address issues. We don't do, like we were just saying, preventative maintenance. And then a storm hits our life. Well, the storm's not the problem. It's the storm reveals whatever problems are there. So if you'll fix things now, if you'll address things now, if you'll button things down now before a storm ever hits, you'll weather. You'll weather no matter what comes, you'll be able to weather it. Yeah, I think so. I think so much about young families that have young kids and they have no money because you're you're young and, and you're trying to make it and um, just how important it is to carve out a date night. I mean, I was reading social media the other day and a mom had posted um, this meme about finding another mom to um, watch her kids while she went on a date night. And I just thought about how important that is. Find another mom, find a friend, somebody. Give up something if you have to yes. pay a babysitter. Absolutely. Go on a date. Absolutely. I can't I can't stress that enough how it's important essential. that is. It's essential and it is vital. Yeah, and that's just putting your husband above your kids. And, th- and that makes you love your kids better, and it makes your kids love you more. Well, and, and, and here's the thing that many marriages don't think about. I think we're just so busy in the pace of life. We don't think about this. 
the greatest gift that you can give your children is them growing up and watching a strong and vibrant marriage. Absolutely. And that will not happen if you're out of balance. That will not happen if you're off the design. If you missed the first episode, go back and listen to Align to the Design. If you are not building on this design, your kids are not going to see a vibrant and healthy marriage. You may, you may think you're healthier <laughs> than what you truly are, but if you're not doing date nights, moms, I'm telling you, if you don't trust other people with your children, if you're saying, oh, well, we can't afford a babysitter or we can't, you know, I can't trust anyone to watch my kids, they're the focus. They're the focus. And, and like Sadie was saying, we understand finances get tight. Uh, we can tell you about the Great Depression of 2010 in our family. We can tell you about the Great Depression of 2012. We get it. We know what you're saying. But here's the thing. You can't afford not to, go, not to do date night. You don't have to go fancy play. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Uh, no, the point is, here's the question. Where's the focus? And if the excuses for date night is money or time or babysitters or whatever, it reveals what the focus is. Put everything in the peripheral and put your spouse along with Christ in the center. And I'm telling you, it's God's design and it's going to work. Chad, Sadie, thank you guys so much for walking us through this principle out of Genesis chapter 2 of leaving and cleaving. Um, I think this is applicable for all of us. I've learned something even just sitting right here um, that I'm going to be able to apply to my marriage. So guys, on the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about what I think I am most excited about, and that is that your marriage is not a contract. 